You mean like since like the nineties and two thousands? No, You're just th- in general. Are you oh, counting yeah, like no, Vegas home. Vacation? That's a National Lampoon's, isn't it? Yeah, all the Vegas Vacation, vacation okay. was yeah. The Vacation movies were all stupid. Uh, we should really have kicked him out last. Yeah, time. we really so should have. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand. You warthog-faced buffoon. Go ahead, make my day. I make this look good. You are now listening to the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is Nothing But Real Reviews and More, and I am your host, Mike Lucas. Joining me, as always, is my crew, Steve Rushlaw. Say hi to the people. How you doing? Brent Fruget. Hello. Matthew McNeil. Matthew? It's not my name, bro. And Aaron Kronikin. Hello. We have a great show for you guys today. We are going to get into DVDs um, coming out as well as movies coming out to theater this week, as well as our gem of the week and uh, a great review of the movie Chef. But first, I just want to say, if you aren't listening on our brand new website, you guys should totally do that. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Totes. All right. And why should they do that? Because it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And because SoundCloud, unfortunately, does not have unlimited storage space. So you won't be able to get all of our episodes if you listen on SoundCloud. Thank you, Matt. That is great. So we upgraded. Check us out at nothingbutrealreviews.podbean.com. We would really appreciate it and help support our show. So, Brent, will you get into DVDs? So the last movie we got coming out this week is Fantastic Four. They remade that. Um, oh, the the fan four stick. Yeah, I heard that was bad. Yeah, 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 awful. I don't think anybody saw it. Yeah, sorry. I I didn't even realize it went to theaters. (laughs) That's how bad it must have been. Anyway, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're cool. Uh, The new Maze Runner movie. Uh, We have Mission Impossible, which Aaron's kind of excited about. Yes, sir. Oh God. (laughs) Okay. Nobody will argue that Tom Cruise is one of the greatest actors, but for summer well, uh, popcorn I'm sure, movies, I'm sure plenty come on, of people you could can't be there for entertainment that. value. Anyway, Who would okay. argue Tom Cruise is one of the greatest actors? Tom Cruise is not one of the greatest actors. That's boom. What he was we got one person. No, no, anyway, no, that's what Aaron's saying. saying. No, I'm saying that nobody saying would no, argue yeah. that he is. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It sounded like you were yeah. saying that Tom Cruise is no, is excellent. bar none. No, 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 no. Four of us got it. Learn to listen. Wow. Yeah. At least Matt and I are on the same page. Anyway, what else do you got? Uh, slow learners, which apparently, which is what Mike and McNeil are. <laughs> Rude, harsh. Ted, Ted two and Time Out of Mind. I have not heard of most of these movies. Uh, no, you haven't heard. Unfortunately, of Ted? I oh, have Ted heard two. of most of these movies, and they're all pretty much bad. Um, fun fact of the day for you: uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg was on the list of actors that have never made a sequel. The uh, highest-grossing actors that never made a sequel. Uh, Ted 2 and the Transformers ones uh, disqualified him from it, but he was like number 7 or something like that, which is just a odd fact. Anyway. Wasn't Steve. he only in one of the Transformers movies, though? Does that count as yes, making it, a sequel? It, it counts as a sequel of a, of a franchise. Even though he wasn't in like any previous installment of the Transformers? Ted 2 disqualifies him anyway. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Steve, you want to hit me with uh, movies coming out to theaters this week, please? All right, movies coming out in this week at theaters. Uh 
movie called Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, The Road Chip, Son of Saul, Dill Wally, and I will let McNeil say the last one. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. I feel bad for every other movie opening this week against Star Wars because those people are going to get fired because, oh. the, well, no, like you, you read off all these other movies and then say, oh, and all these movies are going up against Star Wars. Nobody's going to go see these other movies opening weekend. Like they're going to do awful compared to Star Wars. And I had actually heard that the Revenant was supposed to come out this same week, or they had it scheduled for this, and then Star Wars picked this date, and they jumped it back a couple weeks. Yeah, those people were smart. Whoever's behind the releases of these other movies are probably going to get fired. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say fired, but... Also, it's... side note, if you're wondering why Steve sounds like Scarlett Johansson, he just recently got his voice back, so that's why. that's why we're, that's what we're dealing with this week. So yeah, it's a nice tie-in for the movie. I'm gonna call you yeah. Scarlet from now on. Yeah, that's fine. I apologize. Anyway, that got weird for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, who had the gem this week? I did. It's, oh yeah, did you get you know, one? There is some sort of structure. Whoever picks the movie next week picks the gem. Remember? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. No, I I only designed <laughs> this. I only created this from the ground up. But so uh, don't ask dumb questions. I had the gem. It was uh, go on. What gem did you have this week? This week I told Matt I watched. So many movies in the past two weeks trying to find a gem, and none of them were great movies. There's one that I guess I would throw in there to consider gem of the week worthy. It's called Extracted. It's on Netflix. It's under two hours, so it's not a long sit. It's uh, basically like Inception type of story. A, A man invents a machine which enables him to go into the mind into the memories of people to uh, uh, eventually leads to the law enforcement agencies using it to get into the minds of accused killers to see whether or not they actually did it to pick through their memories. Eventually it leads to him being trapped inside the mind of a killer and him trying to find his way out. So interesting i mean it's been done before it's nothing new it's not great acting it's just a good example of a entertaining low budget sci-fi movie when was it made Uh, i believe it was a 2014 movie recently it's not an old movie it's a newer movie what what was the name extracted extracted um because i'll be honest you you bored me just listening about it sorry i'm not trying to be rude Uh, well I, i like i said i I, I waded through plenty plenty of garbage to even find a gem. So this okay. is the best of the worst that I saw in the past two weeks trying to find one. Again, it's not anything extraordinary. Uh, there's no names that you would recognize. Visually, it's pretty cool the way they do uh, this other world, essentially inside people's memories, inside their minds. Uh, but it, it's definitely worth watching. All right. Uh, it looks like it's about an hour and a half long. Um, let me read you the... I mean, I know you gave a synopsis, but let me read the one off of IMDb. Uh, a scientist who has invented a technique to watch people's memories finds himself in a dangerous situation after he's uh, tasked with entering a heroin addict's mind to see whether the man committed murder. So it sounds good, but... Yeah, it, it's it's not an action movie. There's not a lot going on. It's paced slowly, so you kind of have to get through the first half hour of just setup. But otherwise, if you get through it, it does pick up. It gets pretty interesting. 
and just seeing him trying to work his way through this person's mind and the events that happened is pretty cool. So, all right, uh, nobody else has seen it. Nope. So we're just going to have to go off of your... Well, then the challenges, see it, and then we'll mention what you thought of it next week. All right. Sounds nah. good. It's available on Netflix. So it's easy <laughs> access. <laughs> nah, as Brent would say. Yeah. No, I'll probably watch it. I'll let you guys know. Yeah, yeah we watched The Circle, which was okay. Did, Mo- most well, of us. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Mike... I didn't. And Mike didn't watch it. I, I ended it. up watching it afterwards. What do you think of it, Brent? It was all right. I mean... Wasn't great. Wasn't horrible. <laughs> All right. So, uh, which brings us to review the movie Chef. Brent, you picked this. Yes, I did. Why? Well, uh, I had seen it a while back when it first came out on DVD. I liked the movie that when I watched it the first time, so I assumed I'd watch like it the second time I watched it. But it's a uh, when I originally got the movie, they billed uh, Robert Downey Jr. as one of the main guys. And I like Robert Downey Jr. So I'm like, oh, I'll get this movie. He's not one of the main guys. He just, you know, has like a little cameo in it. I was waiting for uh, RDJ the entire movie. And it was just like five minutes. That's not it. I don't even think it's that long. But you have to admit his scene was pretty good. It was. was (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Maybe we should get into this later. But I hated Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Do you want to go into this now? We'll we'll get into this later. (laughs) We'll get into this later. But Brent, uh, read us a synopsis of it. Uh, the synopsis is a chef who loses his restaurant job starts up a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing back together his estranged family. And it, going into the movie, uh, I don't even like I didn't remember the synopsis. I know we, I think we read it last week. Uh, I didn't remember anything, so I was just like going into it blind. And I didn't know who John Favreau was, and I was like. It, it, well, didn't he play in I Love You, Man? Wasn't he Barry? I haven't seen that movie. Oh, so my no. gosh. Anyway. He was in Couples Retreat. Is that what you're thinking? No, I'm with, thinking of okay. I Love You, Man. Well, was, anyway, he does a lot. He's in a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. He writes yeah. and directs a lot. Yeah, so. and I didn't know that. So I was kind of like, oh, crap, this is a this is a bigger name. And I, I liked it overall. I mean, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I liked it just on the outside looking in. Uh, I also didn't know anything about this movie other than the synopsis that we read last week. And going into it, I was expecting a drama. And it wasn't a drama, but it also wasn't a comedy. It it wasn't really anything. It, it was a feel-good movie, and that's about it. Like, there's not really any conflict. Like, it, it, it the synopsis makes it sound like there's conflict because he loses his job, but he walks out on his own terms. Um, and, like, nothing really bad happens to this guy like no. he, he he walks out of his job then he gets this food truck and then they start making a crap ton of money like driving this truck around and like everything ends well for him and like nothing nothing really bad happens throughout this whole movie so you're just kind of watching him and his buddy and his kid just drive around in this truck making food and you're like okay yeah this is i mean it's a nice movie it's it, it makes you feel good but it's not it, it's not really there's not a whole lot of meat to it, I guess. The, the, there's a lot of conflict because he walks out not... I mean, he does walk out on his own terms, but he's kind of his hand is forced to walk out because he gets the critic to come back and he's like, well, no, I, I'm not going to do the exact same thing. Well, yeah, but I, I think what McNeil... To McNeil's point, you're saying that there's conflict, but we see the entire time 
He's a good guy. He, I mean, if the conflict, maybe if he would have gotten a bad review because maybe he lost his love for what he's doing or he was disinterested in cooking anymore, but we see his passion. We see he loves what he's doing and it's somebody else's fault that he gets a bad review and puts him in the situation. So there is no real rebuild of his life because there's no hitting bottom. But that's the problem is nobody, nobody knows aside from us viewing the movie and John Favreau that it's his, or that's, that it's not his fault. Everybody views it as I do. I know that, but then the movie is about him rebuilding his social media presence. Mm. He's rebuilding his reputation online. (laughs) Like he doesn't, he's not, I mean, he loses standing a little bit with his son here and there, but he has uh, an ex-wife that he has a great relationship with. He's got a son that he still sees all the time. He's got two friends that he loves. He loves doing what he does. No, but if you, you read into it more, it's his dad doesn't have time because he's trying to impress other people aside from his own family so dang much that he's never around. Right. And then halfway through the movie that problem solved right it's not even it's not even really halfway like he it, it starts off it, it tries to set this up where he's like super busy and he doesn't have time for his kid or anything but like he sees his kid literally every day then he road trips with his kid then he agrees to let his kid help him out on the truck like after school and on weekends and stuff then like the critic comes back and he's like hey i actually love your food blah 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 let's team up and then everything is just hunky-dory the entire movie like nothing bad happens to this guy well let's go ahead and tell him the whole movie i mean that's well, cool. well, <laughs> well isn't that what we're it's a review no, i know yeah. but it's i mean you summed up in the, in the synopsis it's some the entire thing and, up. Uh, but i don't want to make it sound like i didn't like this movie i just there he he's not incorrect by saying there's no conflict and it doesn't hurt in my opinion it doesn't hurt the movie that much because that's not what the movie's about the movie's not about a conflict in him building himself back up the and, and the movie like i get what they're saying i mean there is some conflict like you know he's being forced out of his job and maybe at the beginning he doesn't have a great relationship with his son and he's basically just trying to build himself back up which i guess he does pretty fast i mean if they wanted conflict they could have extended that a little bit but i don't really think they needed to because like aaron said it wasn't that type of movie like the the whole movie happens because this guy doesn't know how twitter works and i just think that that concept was so outrageous like it's just this guy he's like how do i twitter and his son's like well here's how twitter works so he sends this like flame out to the food critic thinking that it's just a private message but then everybody sees it and that's what sparks this whole movie and like without that there's no movie. Like the the whole reason that this movie happens is because this guy is bad on the internet. You think it's outrageous that he doesn't know how to use Twitter? I oh, mean, yeah. he's an older guy. I put Aaron on Twitter. I bet he doesn't know how to use oh, it. Yeah. And Aaron's 27 years old. Not at all. <laughs> Never even seen Twitter. <laughs> Which is just absurd, you know? Like Right, that's that's what I'm saying. Like and because he's not like he's not an old dude. He's like middle-aged and there are plenty of people that are our parents age that are you know they know how social media works they are in that know-how and just the fact that this whole movie hinges on the fact that he can't use a computer i think is just kind of silly well you kind of look at it um throughout the whole movie you have the social media aspect of it his kid has facebook he has got vines he's got twitter so it's his his kid kind of showing him how he can get his name out there 
instead of just this just this critic review. Yeah, because the John Favreau's character, I can't remember his name. Does anybody remember it? Chef uh Carl Casper. Carl. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Chef Chef Casper. Um he he holds weight because he was some years earlier one of the best chefs in Miami. Yep. In Miami. And he his name holds weight, and that's why he has this big reviewer coming to him at this restaurant and why it's such a big deal because he reviewed him multiple years earlier. And so if he goes online, he's going to have a big Twitter following from people in the food industry. So I just, you know, it's kind of like I think it's I it's almost realistic is if if he if he comes out and blasts this critic that and, blasted and him. when it comes to him not knowing Twitter and you think well, well there's 60 year old people who know how to use Twitter yeah there is but there's also 27 year old people who don't know how to use Twitter yeah. it depends well, on the person and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this he doesn't know Twitter but it, it propelled the movie forward that's what <laughs> needed to happen and the part after that <coughs> is what the movie is about anything after that point but they had to get to that point so him inadvertently sending a tweet to everybody where everybody could see it it's not that far-fetched but it propelled the movie to where it needed to go yeah and the, it's not so i think the movie overall isn't so much as him trying to get his life back it's him trying to connect with his son but he can't like in, in one specific scene is the, the like on roller coaster and it's, he just looks like he's having a terrible time and then when they're going over the twitter with his kid the kid's like oh this is fun it's like what do you mean this is fun yeah and that like Anything that would suggest that he doesn't have a good relationship with his son is before he walks out of his restaurant job. And then, like, from that point forward, it's like him and his son are the best best of friends because they, like, put this they, – they clean up this food truck together. They drive around and he teaches them how to make Cuban food and all that stuff. And, like, you can tell just right off the bat that, like, these two have a good relationship. He was just – really busy and stressed from his restaurant job to where it kind of seemed like he didn't have a good relationship but you can tell that he loves his kid and he cares for his kid and watching them spend time together it's hard to ever believe that like he didn't I guess is what I'm getting at well kind of jumping on that you see like you said in the scenes before he loses his job or quits his job he's always texting on his phone calling somebody not paying attention to his kid and then his kid's all miserable about it. But then after he quits his job, he starts paying attention to him. And then his kid starts seeing, hey, he actually cares about me instead of this guy who just wants to be a good chef. I, I think that's like a, a realistic interpretation of some situations in real life where it's like a, a, I guess the stereotypical is like a businessman who's always at work, works 60 hours a week, and he has no time for his kids. Like, yeah, he buys his kids iPhones and brand new bike or you know doohickeys of some sort right you know? yeah and, I, and i'm not saying that it's not a realistic <laughs> premise but it's to me it felt like they they try to set up that premise in a hurry and then they just kind of sweep it under the rug after he walks out of his job because there's not really anything where he has to like earn his son's trust or anything like that they're just automatically buddies as soon as he walks out of his job so like i i get what they were going for it just seems to me like it felt a little rushed and then they kind of abandoned the premise to just make the feel goods happen for the rest of the movie and i think that I, I actually kind of think that's a fair point you know it did seem a little rushed and then from there on out there was a lot of good feel goods well and 
rightfully so they had to do that because like I said that's not I guess the movie is about him and his relationship with his son but it's essentially take away all anything else it's a road trip movie it's an adventure movie a dad and his son having fun it's a fun feel-good movie there it doesn't have to be too deep doesn't have to be meat but that's that's not what the movie tried to sell you like just reading the synopsis it, it tries to sell you on this guy trying to put his a, like broken family back together but his family's not really broken like you said it yourself he has a great relationship with his ex-wife he as soon as he walks out of his job he has a great relationship with his son like nothing ever really goes wrong and if they would have spent more time uh focusing on him actually trying to like if he didn't have a good relationship with his ex-wife and he he had to work to get all that back that would have i think made the movie a lot better it would have also made it a drama that's not what he was going this is a comedy a feel-good adventure road trip movie under genre section it does say drama okay after how many other adjectives adventure and comedy <laughs> two, two. <laughs> so it's still in there an adventure yeah com- but there okay, are but, but and and the, and the, pr- the premise the premise of the movie reading it sells it as a drama it doesn't sell it as a road trip movie it doesn't sell it as a comedy it sells it as a drama and then you go into that movie expecting a drama and that's not what you get yeah but it also says like he just said action comedy too it's not just it doesn't just say drama so you're not yeah. like oh this is gonna be a serious movie why didn't they get tom hanks to be this guy <laughs> <laughs> right well, i think they both have fair points though because it does sell you something that you're not completely buying you're it's not advertising what you're completely getting when you buy it whatever but to that point, it's exactly in the genres. It's telling you something completely different, too. Okay. I might be a little different because I have actually seen quite a bit of John Favre, Favre, however we decided to say Favreau, his name. I think. Favreau, Favreau yeah. however we decided to say his name. Uh-huh. I've actually seen in quite a bit of his movies because especially in like the early 2000s, he wrote and directed movies and starred in them. And most of his movies are like this. They're comedy dramas, but they're heavier on the comedy. So when I bought this movie, seeing that he wrote it, directed it, and starred in it, I knew what to expect, I guess. Well, and not to mention he's trying to... You have the father-son story. You have that relationship story. But then you have this whole food chef culture uh, and the different foods and the different places they go to. And they spend a lot of time developing that and what this different food means to these places and where the food plays a huge part in his life and then eventually his son's life and how he gets back. Whether or not you think that relationship is strained to begin with and the effort he has to put to rebuilding it, it's about a chef who's reconnecting with his son through the medium he loves, which is cooking. So I'm going to pose a question to you guys. How do you think this movie differs from other movies that he's directed? I haven't... Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head what other movies he's directed. So Iron Man. Well, <laughs> yeah. well I mean, oh, did he direct that? I didn't know yes. that. The movies he's known for directing would be the Iron Man movies. But like I said, in like the early 2000s, maybe even late 90s, he did a lot more movies that were like this. Like uh, he did Iron Man, Elf. Um, I didn't know he directed Elf. Zathura. But he he did movies with uh, Vince Vaughn in like the early 2000s. He directed those like Made. Made, he directed yep. that one. There was a another one. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. But those were these kind of movies. So that's what he kind of started with, and then he blew up with Iron Man. And Chef was kind of him going back to those earlier type of movies that he kind did. of back to his roots, if you would. Yeah, gotcha. So I mean, how do you think 
that they differ from. Even stuff that he's produced. He's produced the Iron Man's and as well. Do you think it's the same like shooting style? Because I there's a lot of similarities like with the panning shots and uh, on I guess I, don't know, I can't think of when they're coming over the top. Not Michael Bay style in the helicopter where it's like his classic whatever. But do you guys notice any of these things? I didn't. I mean, I honestly, with a movie like this, it's hard to even pick apart. I was telling McNeil earlier, it's hard to really review because you can't look at the acting and what the strengths are in that because it's just, I mean, comedy is not a lot required. They're just spitting out the dialogue and it's a feel-good movie. But as far as the shots and how it was filmed, I guess it really... They really could have done whatever the heck they want, and it would have been <laughs> the same to me. It's a, a movie about a guy cooking food. You get a lot of shots of a knife chopping food, so what else could they have done? Well, these close-ups having, instead of so many close-ups, have like shot reverse shot of him cooking food. I don't know. There was one specific scene that comes to my mind when, towards the end of the movie, they're sitting on the top of the food truck, and they're looking at the band. Yeah, yeah, I have that written down as a key scene in this movie. Yeah, and the, the camera like comes up from under the food truck almost up to behind them so it like sees the uh the band in the for like the or the background and them in the foreground i just thought it was visually pretty well yeah but and i guess what my point is would changing the filming technique have changed the movie probably not because this this is driven this is driven by the interaction between people uh it's not like we just reviewed road to perdition any changes anybody else doing that movie could really have hurt that movie. This, I don't think it really would have. Actually, I think you could have. If instead of a lot of their shots were like a, a three-person shot or whatever, a wide shot of them talking, if they did like an over-the-shoulder shot, reverse shot, it would have taken a much more serious look to it. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm I saying? Guess, like, but what I'm yeah. saying is if you replace them with an incompetent cinematographer, yeah, it would hurt. But anybody that is halfway capable would have pulled off similar results i don't know that's just something to think about yeah i understand i'm just like i said it's really hard to pick apart because of the genre and what the story was all right to uh kind of touching on the acting because you guys briefly touched on that in, in your in your back and forth there but um the acting was fine. I know Aaron really didn't like Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Uh, yeah. I, I Can thought, I get into that now? Yeah. I, I thought he I thought he was fine. Like, he, he only has one scene in the movie, so it's kind of like a waste of Robert Downey Jr. because you've got this big name, and he's only in the movie for not even five minutes. And He's, he's, he's friends with uh, John Favreau, though. Well, like yeah. best, best friends. So. Yeah, but like... I, he, I mean, if you notice that with a lot of these people that are in here, like Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, none of them really have extended scenes. Like, they're just friends of his, and they're like, oh, hey, you know, I like you. I'll be in your movie for five minutes. Right, but it... I mean, you get all these big names, and I'm sure... I, I haven't watched the trailer for this movie, but I'm sure the trailer tries to sell you on those big names, and then they're hardly in the movie. But... I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. did fine, but I'd like to hear what Aaron has to say. Well, the acting overall, I wrote down that I really enjoyed the movie and the acting because it all felt so natural. It's not forced acting. It's people interacting with other people, and it did. The father-son part of it felt really natural. The child actor was not a weak link. We'll maybe get McNeil's opinion on that, but I thought he did well. Like I said, it seemed natural. Their relationship seemed natural. The problem I had with Robert Downey Jr. 
is that it was Robert Downey Jr. dipping into the well of Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark. So it's Robert Downey Jr. doing the same thing he's been doing that makes him famous. I know he is a capable actor. I know he is very good because he has done movies where he's shown his range. This was not one of them. This was Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert Downey Jr., his Tony Stark persona for five minutes, making a paycheck. And going back to John Favreau for just a second, he that's the way he probably could have written the part, though. You know, for to have it could have been RDJ. and maybe yeah to save some time. Hey, get Robert Downey Jr. to play this yeah weirdo, cocky ex husband. I'm assuming when he wrote it, he wrote that part specifically for Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know I'm not. And it's I, not I, an I, indictment I, on his acting ability. Like I said, I know he's good. Yeah, you just didn't like it the character. It was a thrown away part. It could have been played yeah. by anybody else. He just dipped into the Tony Stark well. And it, it did seem like it was a little bit forced. Uh, like some of the lines were, it was yeah. really funny when he was like going back and forth between like talking about the carpet and talking about the baby. Like I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. But then it was just like, this is just almost too quirky for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I just did not. I didn't like that part. I didn't like him in it because like I said, it's just, we've seen it before. It's like watching a... A movie with oh jeez what's I can't even think of his name the guy in Gravity oh George Clooney George Clooney wow space that one George Clooney plays George Clooney in every movie it was in Gravity he spaced it yeah wow (laughs) word play anyways are you saying you don't like George Clooney that's what I'm saying okay well that Robert Downey Jr. scene was probably my second favorite scene in the movie I mean like you have your like kind of serious scene or whatever that like build the movie but like i'm always i've always been a comedy person but that was probably my second favorite scene in the movie and steve was about to say something so i'll move my head uh i didn't have a problem with any of the acting except uh scarlett johansson i know you guys are making fun of me (laughs) for sounding like her but i cannot stand seeing her in any movie that she is in she is a terrible actor her mouth moves to the side and up it's just weird every time she's in it and she sounds like a dude you're wrong. I think she's hot. So And who believes her trashy woman? What is she even trying to portray? Like a, a restaurant waitress by night, street corner worker by day? Like what the, Who believes her in that role? I think you got that mixed up. Well, no, she works at night at the restaurant, huh? Maybe she works. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I didn't have a problem with it. Like, oh, personally. hey, here, fancy five-star restaurant, tattooed tart <laughs> as our waitress. So you don't like her as a uh, Black Widow? No, I don't. I just think she's kind of. What a does addict. that have to do with this review? <laughs> I'm just. I'm, she, he doesn't like her as, as a whole. And as, just, as I don't have a problem with Scarlett Johansson. In, I like, don't like her. I can take her or leave her in movies. Like whatever. It, I mean, she's there. Like most of the movies she's in, she's just there to be a pretty face. And like, it's whatever. It's working. But she's not. <laughs> I, well, that's again. So I didn't mean. like her in this role. I wrote down. Can't stand Scarlett Johansson. Awful. <laughs> That's my wow. Those are my notes. You have but really good notes. Going there. back to the Robert Downey Jr. Again, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm saying that that was the only piece of acting that felt unnatural. The dialogue felt unnatural. The acting felt unnatural. So that's why I didn't like that. But everything else, the acting was perfectly fine. It did feel natural, which made this movie more believable. And I will actually agree with you, Aaron, that the uh, child actor in this movie did a good job. Uh, that's I'm going against the grain. 
<laughs> of, of what I usually say because I usually hate child actors. But this kid did a good job. Um, I recently saw another movie with this kid in it, uh, Krampus, which he also mm-hmm. did. He was fantastic in that movie, and that movie actually was really good, and you should all go see it because it was amazing. Krampus was great. Yeah, that just came out last week? Yes. Or if not last week. It came out on the 4th, so. Yes, roughly. Yeah. Week and a half. Yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Anyway. Good movie, though. Same kid. He did a good job. And, and just talking about the acting, like Aaron was saying, I agree with him. It was, like, there's no Oscar-worthy acting in it, but it was natural. Like, my favorite scene is when the three of them are in the truck and they're driving and the dad and the son are sleeping and John Leguizamo's character is driving and he starts pouring the corn cornstarch down his pants and the kid wakes up he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, my huevos, man. It's hot mm-hmm. down here. So he wakes up his dad. He's like, he's pouring some down his pants. His dad's like, give me some. Yeah. And he, he pours it down and he's like, here, you take some. And he's like... The great thing about this is in the morning you can dip your nuts in some oil and make hush puppies. I did like that scene. <laughs> that one, that was great. But all of them were like that. It's the natural interactions, and I yeah. loved that part of it. Uh, I was actually watching that today, and uh, my girlfriend, she says, well, that's the best line in the movie, and yeah. this is pretty much the truth. That I'm wondering almost if they didn't write a whole lot and said, hey, just kind of interact with each other. More like an ad ad lib type of yeah. situation, a natural yeah flow. Say, I'm I'm wondering, you know, I, just have a, a structure and fill it. Yeah, it, it seems like it could have been that type of. It wouldn't surprise me because, like I said, I've seen a lot of his other movies, and he is kind of like that in all his movies, where he's that character where it's just like conversation and not feel like it's written. So. I don't know. I, we could probably look it up. We don't really have time yeah. right now, but I'm sure that a lot of the scenes were like that. Just like, hey, throw this out here and do what you guys do. Yeah, let's let's talk about just shortly. Sofia Vergara in this movie. <laughs> That's it, Aaron's favorite character yeah. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind her. Again, it's just another throwaway character. Could have been played by anybody. She had very. Do, few do you think about that? But in everybody in this movie? Yes, pretty much. Without, I mean, John Leguizamo. Uh, Chef Carl and his son those were the three characters in this movie everything else was time filler really yes it could have been and I, th- I, don't, well, I mean I don't know how you argue they really did not have to display any acting skills well they no because have I, anything to work with I'm thinking about uh, Chef Carl Casper I think he could have been anybody oh no 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 I think they John Favreau is perfect because he's an everyman he is he's a not a movie star face okay. and like like he wrote that movie so I mean Basically, I think he just put a lot of his personality in there. And like I said, and John Leguizamo, I've always liked him too. I've always thought he was underrated. That's another character where maybe you could have put somebody in there, but then this movie would have, I think, lost a lot of what it was. Because the interaction with those two and the kid, it just that's what makes the entire movie. So if you take one of those out and put somebody else in, it can take a lot of that away and make this movie not that great. And I, I like this movie, and it could have turned into a movie that was like, well, this is dumb. Yeah. So let's rate it. Um, overall, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it that much. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a really tough movie to rate because, as we've discussed, it's, there's not a whole lot of conflict, but there totally is. I don't know. I'm going to go with a seven. Uh, this movie was fine, I guess. Uh, it, it is a feel-good movie. There's not really a whole lot that, that happens. There's not much conflict. It's not It's not a deep movie 
Um, but it was it was all right to watch. Uh, but I didn't I didn't overly like it. I give it about a six and a half. I thought this was a pretty good movie. Uh, like when Neil said, it's kind of right in the middle. It's not, it's good, but it's it has its issues. So I will also give it a six and a half. Apparently, I'm the odd man on this. I mean, I understand it wasn't very deep and all that, but it was still an enjoyable movie, and that's what movies are supposed to be. I'll give it 8.25. And I'm not saying, like, uh, I gave it a 7. That's not bad by any means, because that's what I gave Shutter Island. I really like that movie. Are you going to give it anything? sorry, it's 8.25 Molten Lava Cakes. (laughs) Lava Cakes. Aaron, what do you got? I give this movie, and I lowered it from my initial viewing to a 7.25 it's like I said it is a feel good movie it's a great movie go watch the movie but there's just not a lot to it you can't dissect the acting because there's not a lot on display you can't dissect the story because it's just a road trip movie there's not much story Uh, you can't dissect the soundtrack because they just copy pasted songs on overthink which actually did help the movie but it's not something original so seven is about as high as you can rate something like that, I think. I actually liked a lot of the songs in there. <laughs> I love the music because everywhere they go, it's a different music culturally, where they're at, what they're doing there, the food, the fun. It's great music, but it's not something original. So averaged all that out, we as a group give it a 7.1. Um, compared to on Rotten Tomatoes, we're actually a lot lower than what they give it. They give it uh, 85%. Of the audience liked it, as well as uh, 86% fresh rated. So it's a little bit lower. Do um, you think maybe Rotten Tomatoes has it a little overrated? I, I think I think the hype for this movie might be a little overblown. Like it, it was definitely a good movie. I would recommend it a watch for sure if you haven't seen it. But like, like everybody's kind of been saying, you can't really dissect this movie. You can't really rate the acting or anything. So I think this, that this movie might be a little overhyped. Well, I was just going to say my score is a lot closer to apparently what they have. I mean, a couple of ours brought it down a little bit. So, I mean, it's kind of close, I guess. Yeah, as far as your your score was going. Um, Steve, you have next week? Yeah, so I wanted to try something a little different this week. I picked three movies, and I have not picked it. I'm leaving it up to a group vote. So the three movies that I have picked, the first one is Lawless. The second one is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the third one is Phone Booth. They are three very different movies, and I'm interested to see what you guys pick. Very, very different movies. So let's just go around the table. Um, I'm voting for Hitchhiker's Guide. Aaron? I'm voting for Lawless. I'm with Mike on this one. I'm voting Hitchhiker's Guide. Well, that one was going to win before it got to me because I'm going with Hitchhiker's Guide. All right, and that's... That's uh, unanimous, pretty much. Not then. that I don't like that movie. Just comedies in general aren't my favorite, so. Uh, I haven't seen the movie since, I don't know when it came out, but I saw it in theaters, and I haven't seen it since, and I'm a lot older now. I haven't actually seen the movie. I read the book, and I loved mm. the book, um, and I've been meaning to see the movie for a long time, so this will be exciting for me. Yeah, this will be a very good one. Uh, good choice. Good choice is, I'm excited about this. Um, I was leaning towards Wallace, but I'm happy with the choice yeah this that's what you get when you leave it up to the group oh though. yeah um let me read you guys the quick synopsis uh mere seconds before the earth is is to be demolished by an alien construction crew journeyman arthur dent is swept off the planet by his friend 
Ford Prefect, a researcher penning a new edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now, is this movie on Netflix? I'm not sure if it's on Netflix. I can check it out for you. I don't believe so. Um, I mean, I don't don't take me 100%, but I, I scroll through there every once in a while because I'm looking for something new, and I haven't seen it. So, All right. I think a lot of us own this movie if you need to borrow it. Well, no, I mean, I've, for like people listening. Yeah. Like, well, if they, I, if they I don't wanna, know. If they want to watch the movie along with us. Viewers yeah. at home. Yeah, no, you can come rent it out. We have enough movies. Yeah. <laughs> it is not on Netflix, just to let you know. All right, so... That brings us to the end of the show. Anything you guys want to add? Star Wars is going to be great. Uh, Of course it is. Aaron, will you hit us with it one more time? Tell your friends. Oh, actually, we're not done. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Send us an email. I forgot to do that at the beginning of the show. Mm. Uh, So, um, uh, lethargicmedia at gmail.com. Aaron, hit us with it one more time. Tell your friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir! You're a... Sir, I said good day! Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder. Yeah. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.